Hi, I'm Roger Jackson, host of the Arise Podcast. Today I sit down with Jacob Prallo, pastor of Connections and Church Planning at Rooftop Church. Today we sit down and talk more about a Rooftop Sermon Series, What the Church is Meant to Be. Today we talk about church as the body. Hey, welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Today we are talking about what the church is meant to be and what the body of Christ looks like. Today I'm here with Jacob. How are you doing, Jacob? All right, Roger. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Uh, I kind of want to jump right into this. Um, uh, a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, I know it's kind of easy to kind of get uh, bogged down by like the the weekly routine of church. Uh, I know you were you were talking about like you know why you know why do we come to church? Is it just you know for the sermon? Is it just for worship? Is it just for bagels and coffee? You know you know what it. What is the reason that we are here? And uh, a big part of that is, you know, how we function as a body, the body of Christ, and how that makes the church what it's meant to be. And I know we were uh, going through uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 27. I know that was the, the big chunk of the the, uh, the scripture that we were looking at. And I was just kind of curious about the, the context. Like I said, I, I always am kind of uh, curious about what... Um, Paul was thinking when he was writing these letters, uh, you know, kind of the context of these churches that he he is reaching out to, and just kind of what 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 he was, you know, looking for when he was writing these letters. These letters. Yeah, it's a, it's a great issue, Roger, and and one that's I, I think pretty fascinating to to really think about. I mean, if you just take a broad uh, view of the letters to the church at Corinth in the New Testament, it, it's pretty evident that Paul has a lot to say. Uh, to this church. I mean, there are two letters to the Corinthians. They're the second and third longest letters in the New Testament. In those letters, Paul references uh, another letter to the Corinthians that isn't even in Scripture. So he's he's very clearly writing to them uh, quite a bit during his ministry. And if you look at the letters to the Corinthians, uh, there's just a lot of different things that they're talking about. Uh, Paul is is talking about one issue after the other. He's answering one question after another, and so uh, there's there's very much uh, kind of a rapid change of subjects uh, throughout much of these letters. But in the section we were looking at in First uh, Corinthians uh, twelve, uh, it's it's really interesting to me because the passage we're looking at is is really about the body. Uh, Paul is is giving us this extended image of the church as a body, as as a human body. Uh, but it comes right after uh, some words on spiritual gifts, and it comes right before what is probably the most famous passage from 1 Corinthians, the, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it's it's really within this context, this, this context of spiritual gifts and love that is the spiritual gift of the church, uh, that Paul gets into this image of the body, this body as one, this body as one that is made up of many parts. Uh, this body where each part is important and each part has uh, an important role to play. Uh, and it's it's really because of that context and it's really because of that message that um, kind of the, the thrust of, of this sermon uh, was that the church was meant to be a place where everyone has a place. In the same way that each part of the human body has a specific function and a specific location, a specific thing that they're supposed to do, uh, so also the church... Uh, in the church, everyone should fit and work together. You should bring your variety of spiritual gifts. You should bring the variety of things that you do in the church. And we should all fit together and function together in love. Now, 
so okay, it, it says you know all you know all the body parts, but it's one body. Now, I know people could look at that as oh, so you know everyone has a place in the church. So what are you saying? Um, you know everyone needs to serve in a ministry, or is it you know everyone you know needs to volunteer? Everyone needs to you know should be able to be there for somebody. Like so, what what does that entail as far as? we all have a place in the church. Like, that's what it's meant to be. But, but what does that mean? Yeah, well, then to borrow, to, to give that answer, I would really borrow from another passage uh, in Paul where um, he says, uh, we each have different gifts according to the grace given us, right? Uh, so in Pauline thought, everyone has a special gift. Everyone has a special ministry, a special role to play, a way that they can contribute to the overall health and well-being of the body. And because that's the case, everyone has an opportunity to serve. Everyone has the ability, the capacity to serve. Now, people are going to serve in different ways. Paul is very clear about this in Romans uh, chapter 12, for example, right? Uh, Roger, you and I have different gifts. Uh, now, sometimes some of our gifts overlap, but uh, when we are a part of the church, we are called to use whatever gifts those are. And because you and I have different gifts, that means sometimes uh, you'll serve in one area where I am not well suited, and other times I will serve in an area where you're not well suited, and still other times you and I will serve in the same area uh, where we're both well suited. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the consistent message of the writers of the New Testament is that everyone in a church has a role to play. Those roles are going to be different, right? But everyone has a role to play. And I think one of the things that's that's really important in this passage uh, from 1 Corinthians is the idea that just because we have different gifts, uh, that doesn't actually mean that certain gifts are more important than others. And I think that's easy to overlook. It's easy to look at a pastor or, you know, the guy leading worship or, uh, you know, the person who is, I don't know, on the YouTube videos in a church and say, oh man, this person, they have a really important gift. Their gift is being up in front of people and, uh, you know, leading people or being funny. And are those important gifts? Of course, absolutely. You know, it's only natural to think of those things as important. Um, But Paul here really says that all of the parts of the body are important, right? All of the parts of the body have a role to play. And, And just because you your role is different than someone else's doesn't mean your role isn't as important. Uh, And so one of the images I gave in the message was, uh, you know, we have a cleaning team here at Rooftop. The cleaning team's work, their behind-the-scenes work, the work that they do, their part of the body is is just as important as the preaching part of the body, right? Now, you walk into a church, you don't immediately think that, right? The pastor is almost always identifiable as the voice of, of the church as kind of the the person identified with the larger corporate body. But Paul's language here, and I think a really important reminder for us, uh, is that every part of the body is important. All of those gifts, everyone who is serving in any capacity is part of the body. Anyone who is serving in any capacity uh, is contributing an important work to the body, and everyone's important. Now, I I know it seems like in this passage it kind of... He's kind of writing the the parallel of you know the body of Christ and you know like the the human body and the you know the the body of Christ and so it was talking about the spirit and 
I was just curious, like, how does that, how does that differ? You know, the spirit that the human body needs and, you know, the spirit of the church, the spirit of the body of Christ. Yeah. Great question. Great question. So, uh, kind of the first place to start here is with the Greek, uh, in Greek, the word spirit, pneuma, uh, is, uh, a very seemingly intentionally broad term. Uh, it can mean, uh, what you and I maybe think of as spirit in terms of kind of like animating life force, the thing that is, that is within the human body, uh, that, that gives it life. But pneuma also just means breath or wind, right? It's, you know, air, the thing around us, the thing that we have to breathe in order to have life. And so, um, you know, I think this is one of the places where Paul's uh, analogy here is almost not an analogy. It's just a parallel. In the same way that human beings need breath, we need air, we need oxygen to, to live and to bring our bodies life, so also the church needs spirit. The church needs the spirit in order to breathe uh, as well, in order to be alive. And so, uh, in the same way that the human body needs breath to live, so also the church needs breath, the breath, the spirit, to live. Yeah, I think that's really, uh, I really like that. And and I was kind of, uh, this thing that you mentioned that kind of uh, really got me thinking, you were talking about uh, the unity in the body of Christ does not mean uniformity of the body of Christ. And uh, I know that kind of, you know, I mean, I know that's something that we are taught here at Rooftop. And, and like you said, we, we we believe in big tent Christianity and mere Christianity. And, you know, we, we have those, the things that we, you know, those foundational things that we believe and that we, you know, we want to uh, see out and kind of the rest is, you know, it's just, we know how to, we're able to kind of just know our main goal Mm -hmm. and be able to kind of figure those other things out, you know, you know, almost like the disputable matters and stuff like that, that we learned in Romans. And I just, like that in the fact that you really want to, um, if we really want to reach people, if we really want to um, have people feel like they're part of the body of Christ, we have to take whoever for whoever, you know, whatever they feel like they can serve in or, you know, because like you said, you, you will look at like, okay, the pastor or, you know, who's doing social media or who's doing, you know, running small groups or whatever, like, you know, you know, like you said, you feel like those people are the ones who are, you know, they're, they're the church. That's the body. But even at that point, you have to understand that there are people who have talents or things that they bring to the table that not everyone can do. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, this is one of the places where uh, the rubber meets the road in church world because very often, you know, multiple times this year here at Rooftop, uh, someone has come to me and said, hey, why doesn't our church do right it's something that they think is important it might even be something they have a gifting in that they've led or done before right uh, they they're bringing a, a different perspective to the table they're they're taking uh, the gifts that God has given them and the experiences that they that they've had and said hey consider this thing uh, that happens you know a handful of times a year on, on kind of a really large scale and the one of the things we have to negotiate in the church uh, just because the reality of the world is you can't say yes to everything. You have to say no to some things. Uh, so the reality here is we have to very thoroughly vet 
those sorts of suggestions that people bring, right? Uh, sometimes people have really good ideas and they're really passionate people and they have gifts to lead in a certain area and it's something that our church absolutely should be doing, right? Because that person and a number of other people have the gifts in order to make that uh, something that we can that we can do. Uh, but on the other on the other hand, there are times where it's a nice idea or it's something that this person has seen in another church, but maybe they don't have the gifts or our church doesn't have the people with the time, talent, or treasure to really to do the thing that they want to do. Um, and, and in those cases, we have to say, hey, you know, this is a good idea, but we can't actually do this. And so this is, to me, one of the, this is just, you know, insight into how uh, ministry actually works. The body has to contain many members, right? Everyone's perspective is important. The diversity of our big tent Christianity approach here makes that especially true. Everyone's coming from different backgrounds and has different uh, viewpoints on what's important. Uh, But at the same time, we can't just embrace that diversity. We also have to make sure that we're unified. We have to make sure we're headed in the same direction together. And so that's where a little bit of of that discernment comes in, where we go, hey, this is maybe a good perspective or a good idea. It's just not something we can do as part of the single body that we are here. So again, yeah, just thinking about this idea, taking very seriously this idea that unity in the body of Christ does not mean uniformity in the body of Christ, but at the same time, differences in the body of Christ don't necessarily determine the direction of the body of Christ as well. Yeah, I I like that, because like you were saying in your sermon, you know, like, you know, the the church doesn't need a hundred Jacobs or a hundred Rogers or a hundred whoever, like, you know, you, you, like you said, you need that diversity. You need, you know, different people who bring different things to the table, but you have to have, uh, you know, the resources and also the, you know, it has to go to that, that where the church is going. It has to be in that, that same direction. But I just, I like the fact that it's easy to, like, like you said, you in, when you're thinking about it and it's like, oh, okay, well, if we like this, then, you know, we just need a ton of that. But that's not how we have many parts in this one body of Christ. It doesn't, it can't be like that if you want to do it like that. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's a balance you have to strike. And this is actually uh, one of the places where I had to do the most research for this sermon. So uh, as as I was, uh, Roger, you know this, but everyone listening may not. Um, as I was uh, sharing this message, I actually had an anatomy model. And an anatomy model is just kind of a scale version of the human body uh, where you have the various different parts and organs of the body. Uh, and I use that because that's something my dad used to have available when he was teaching medical school when I was younger. And I'd go to medical school with him. I'd just play with his anatomy model and learn all the different parts of the body. And it was real fun. And so I kind of used that as the illustration throughout uh, what, we, what we were talking about here and talking about kind of the various functions of the organs and things like that. Uh, and so when it came to this idea, the, the kind of the balance of unity and diversity in the church, I actually really had a good conversation with my dad. My dad's a forensic pathologist. Uh, he studies why people die. He teaches uh, second year pathology uh, in medical schools. And I, and I was talking to him. I said, Dad, are, I said, I know there are autoimmune diseases, right? I know there are things like rheumatoid arthritis or multiple multiple sclerosis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, right? Where your body isn't unified and it's attacking itself. That's basically what an autoimmune disease is. There isn't enough unity in the body. The body is at, a body is at war with itself. But I said, is there uh, 
are there diseases out there where there's too much unity? And he actually had to think about this for a little while because these aren't super common things, but uh, he actually sat down and thought for a while and, and I think did a little research and came back to me and said, yeah, there are actually uh, some some places where you can have too much unity in the body, right? Uh, there, There's uh, disbalance in either direction, having too much unity and not having enough unity. Uh, and that was, that was just really interesting to me getting to have that conversation with my dad. But also, again, I think speaks to the, the beauty of this image that Paul is, is using to talk about the body of Christ, uh, in the same way that our body needs to have balance. Uh, so also the, the larger church body needs to have balance as well. Yeah, I think that I remember when you actually said that. I was like, "Wow, I would have never thought about that." But it is crazy how it, like you said, because I even remember you actually remember using the words like when you hear it, you, you would think like, "Oh, that's pretty cool, like that a body that the body can do that." But like, it's detrimental to you, you know. So it it's kind of it is intriguing how the body works and how it does correlate to the body of Christ. Um, I know towards the end of it, it was talking about. Um, which this was something that I kind of just, you know, was picking up on something you were talking about that, uh, if one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honored, every part is rejoices with it. And I think that's, that's pretty, um, important because it's easy to, I mean, this is just life in general. I mean, it's easy to, you know, when things are good, you know, everyone's happy, but, in that same sense, you know, it's hard to do that too, especially when, you know, it's not people that you might be that close to. It, it is important to rejoice in people's successes and sit with people and, you know, be there for them when they're hurt. Um, because, you know, as we were, as we've been learning in this sermon series, you know, it, it's a family and we're supposed to take this family more serious than our blood family. And so, you know, that's real, strong implications about that like it's not just you know oh i see you on sunday how are you doing everything is good like no it's it's very serious you know things going on there and so i just thought that was really um subtle how he mentioned that but i just thought it was you know you kind of get through all that and and he kind of has at the end of that of that passage you're kind of like oh you know i wonder what that was there for but it's, it's kind of a good way to kind of you know really show him what you know, what the body of Christ is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's it's a really common and not necessarily common, but uh, a very normative and very important lesson uh, from Paul, from the New Testament, from the history of Christianity, right? What affects one member of the church should affect other people. This is what it means to be in community with one another. This is what it means to be a family. This is what it means to be doing life together, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, says in his very famous book, Life Together, right? What affects one of us should affect all of us. And uh, just as you're, as you're mentioning here, Roger, you know, uh, whether it's suffering, whether it's rejoicing, right? Uh, we're supposed to be all be in this uh, together. Uh, there's a place in the church for everyone, and that means that we uh, can be working together and we can be serving together, yes, but it also means we can be crying together and laughing together, uh, and and that's just a really important part of what it means that the church uh, should be a place where everyone can have a place. Jacob, just want to thank you for sitting down talking about the body of Christ and what the church is meant to be, man. Thank you, Roger.
Um, if you guys want to follow us on social media, it is at the Arise Church STL, and that's for Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we also have the podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, just want to thank you guys for listening. See ya.